into the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm joined today by Adam. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Ready for the, the T-Wolves game later today. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I think Kawhi's going to be out, so um, hopefully the Wolves can get a win. <laughs> That'd be nice. Honestly, though. <laughs> yeah. I heard you got, I hear you got a new mic, though. It sounds a little bit more crisp. Uh, yours truly from uh, the host himself. <laughs> Just trying to make it sound better. That's all. That's all. We do it for uh, the fans. Right, right. So we got a good podcast for you guys today. Um, we're going to start off with our Fantasy Friday, just power uh, top 10 scores of the last seven days. Uh, after that, we'll get into a little bit of power rankings outlook. We'll get into talking about uh, two teams in the Eastern Conference, two teams in the West. Um, and then to round it out, we will talk about our uh, all-star picks, our fan votes um, that just opened up, I believe, on the, I believe it opened up on Christmas Day. So we've had a little bit of time to kind of um, get into that, but um, we're going to make our first picks as a team um, soon. So jumping right into fantasy um, for on ESPN. Uh, top 10 players, Nikola Jokic obviously is going to be up there. He's having a hell of a season last past three seasons. I mean, he had a really good chance of being, uh, you know, going for the hat trick in MVPs this year, but, uh, scored 221 points in the last seven days, averaging 55.3. Um, Adam, anything you've seen out of Jokic that has surprised you or is it more, more of the same? No, yeah, this is just same old, same old with Jokic. Um, you can expect him to get a, almost a triple-double every night. I mean, when it comes down to fantasy, it's either who are you going to pick, Jokic or Giannis. I mean, it's right. it's one of the two. So, I mean, y- you expect him to be, you know, a top scorer in fantasy for sure. Yeah. Um, let's just go right down the, the order of the top ten list. So, Jokic won. No surprise there. Uh, a surprise at number two, though, Bam Adebayo, 217 oh, yeah. points. I mean, uh, with, with with Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero not playing every game, I mean, they're, the Heat are kind of like uh, piggybacking off of Bam, and he's he's performing pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it's contributing to a little bit more wins, too. We've seen them kind of move up in the power rankings a little bit um, and overall standings in the Eastern Conference as well. So, um, Bam's been a, a, a good force for that heat team to kind of progress them through the season uh, to this point with, you know, you mentioned it, Jimmy missing some time, Tyler Hero missing time, and Kyle Lowry not really giving you what you would hope Kyle Lowry would give you. Um, but at number three, John Morant, 207 points. Uh, Sabonis at number four, 203. Fringe all-star right there. Oh, you think Sabonis is an all-star? I think I th- not a starter, but I think he's he's get he's uh getting the name out for himself, you know, for the for the voting. So and he's been doing good. So I think right. he, I think he deserves a, you know a look at. Do you think he's getting more votes, or is it going to be his teammate De'Aaron Fox? Like, which one would you put in All Star voting? Well, I mean, it's hard to you know make the All Star in the West as a guard, but right. as a forward, I feel like he, you. You have a, a lot easier chance to, to get the get into the All Star game, and I, I think Sabonis is, I think he's a better player than De'Aaron Fox anyway. So, 
and oh, he's wow. proved it. He's proved it so far this season. Deer and Fox, he'll go on some streaks where he's just lucky to put up twenty points and like two assists. You know, it's a bonus. You're getting a double double at least, and you're getting at least five assists. I mean, yeah, I mean. Maybe I'm just a I'm a more of a De'Aaron Fox guy. I mean, I, I've been a big <laughs> De'Aaron Fox fan, so uh, it's kind of tough for me to put Sabonis over De'Aaron Fox, but I can see where you're coming from. Like Sabonis I mean, gives you everything: points, rebounds, Sabo- assists. Yeah, Sabonis is averaging 18.7. I'll round it up to 19. Decent, decent. 12.5 rebounds. Round that up to, to 13. That's damn Top good. Five. Yeah. And then for for a center slash power forward, he's averaging seven assists. That's pretty yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, to round out the top 10, though, Giannis yet yeah, number five, not a shocker there. Nope. Uh, Lori Markkinen's having a hell of a year with Utah. Uh, both of them are at 199 total score. Um, another surprise, maybe a little bit, but Jaron Jackson, they're at number seven. Um, <laughs> I know he was a steal in a lot of drafts because, you know, he's coming off that injury a lot of us weren't sure, you know, when he's going to come back. We thought, you know, end of December, you know, around this time is when he'd be back. You know, he's been came back early. He's looked good. Um, and he's kind of helped out John Rant, kind of helped this Memphis team to uh, a three seed in the West, which we'll talk about Memphis a little bit later. But uh, it's it's good to see Jared Jackson playing well and a huge steal for whoever drafted him, you probably draft him, you know, eighth round or later. So uh great value there. Um, we'll get, we'll give that one to Matt since he drafted him. Yeah. Matt drafted him <laughs> um, at number. So he was number eight um, at number nine. We got Anthony Edwards. Been represent. Basically, yeah, represent. He's basically carrying this Wolves team with Carl uh, Anthony Towns out. Um, D'Lo not playing that well. Um, we talked about it a lot on our Timberwolves podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, make sure you check it out because we had a good in-depth uh, conversation about the Timberwolves uh, with me, Adam and Matt. And I think it clears up kind of the expectations this year for the Timberwolves and, and how underperforming and underwhelming they've been this so far this season. But um, we don't really need to touch base more on that. Just make sure, make sure you touch or uh, listen to uh, that podcast. Cause that's a, very interesting podcast uh, for the Timberwolves. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. And then rounding out the top 10, you got Joel Embiid, who uh, looks like he's going to miss today's game and maybe some future games because I think uh, his injury is kind of undetermined right now, so we don't know when he's going to get back. So that's a huge loss. Um, but, you know, you got him for 183 points this the last seven games, so that's still good. But, um you're going to need to find some some added pieces uh, to kind of fill your roster with somebody like Joel Embiid, who you probably drafted, what, top four? Yeah, at, at least top five. Bare, right. Like maximum. Right. But, yeah. Um, are there any players, real quick, Adam, that you uh, would like that you're looking to like add for your team if you have somebody like Joel Embiid who's missing time or. Um, any other player? I mean, there's a bunch of players that are missing time. We're not going to go over all of them, but uh, any players that you're looking to just add off the waiver list that might be available? Well, a little dark horse for you, um, Donovan Mitchell. He's been he's, he was out last game, and it looks like he's going to be out today, Friday. So um, 
I looked. This is kind of a little bit of a dark horse, and I had him on my team earlier this year. I drafted him and everything, and I let him go. <laughs> and that would be uh, Karis LeVert. I think he, you, you, they're going to plug Karis LeVert. You know, he's going to be more of a scorer. He's going to look to shoot more. So um, you can expect him to have a little fantasy um, spike there with Donovan Mitchell out. Right. And then if so, you know, we mentioned Joel Embiid's going to be out for the forgiven uh, future. So um, a guy that you could pick up that's on his team that plays center is Montrez Harrell. I mean, we already saw, let's see, look at his last game, played 28 minutes, had 50 fantasy points. So um, that's a guy that I'm probably looking to pick up if you have Joel Embiid or if you don't. Um, I think he's going to get around that 25 to 30 minutes uh, per game for Philly. Um, so that's, that's a guy that I'm looking to pick up. Um, some other players that could possibly be good pickups. Um, you're looking at, you know, in certain spots, you can pick up Kevin Love, um, depending on the game, the situation. Um, uh, Daniel Gadford's uh, look good. I, Quentin look Grimes look good. Alec Go Burks. Alec Burks has been yep. looking good. I like what what I'm seeing out of him, and today he plays San Antonio, so I I wouldn't doubt if he had a, another decent game. Yeah, that'd be a good add to definitely have on your roster. But um, that's gonna wrap up our fantasy uh, Friday. We're gonna go through our power rankings. Not really today, but we will go over our power rankings, if not tomorrow, definitely on Sunday. So stay tuned for that as well. But. Um, it's a close race in the Eastern Conference right now with five teams. You got Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Cleveland, and Philly all within three games of the top spot. So um, you got to, it's, it's probably Boston's to kind of lose the one seed, but, you know, they haven't really looked that great lately. And, you know, we talked about Brooklyn um, in past podcasts not living up to expectations. They went on a 12 game win streak uh, that got snapped. Um, on Wednesday when they lost to Chicago. But uh, all five of these teams, I think, are pretty solid. I mean, Philly, you might have some some question marks about, especially with Joel Embiid going down with injury. But um, is there any team in this top five race that you kind of see as as clear favorites in this Eastern Conference, Adam? Um, I mean, everyone likes to, you know, push for the Celtics. And, I mean, they're, they're looking good, but they're, I mean – they have their other their downfalls and their down games, but I, I think the East is all Milwaukee. Um, I think when when Milwaukee's fully healthy, I think they're pretty scary to go up against. But I mean, the Celtics are hard too. Um, but I think the surprise team that we're gonna see this year is is gonna be Brooklyn. I think they're gonna be at least a top four team in the East if you know if they keep up what they're doing right now. And maybe, maybe we see what the Nets would have been um, when they first joined together, but um, you can't really give them much hope because who knows what happens. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we they don't need to have another, you know, Kyrie situation or, um, you know, KD trade scenarios popping off, but it's been pretty quiet for the Nets lately. I mean, they've besides you know them winning which is a, a good thing it's all it's all been positive stuff and then with Milwaukee a lot of people thought that last year Milwaukee could have won 
the finals if they had Chris Middleton healthy. So, I mean, all five of these teams, I think, have a really good shot. Um, I, But besides those five, I really don't see anybody else kind of competing with these five. Um, you know, winning at home, though, has been vital to, the, to these teams' success with – you know, all of these teams that I just mentioned with five or less losses at home to start the year with the Cavs uh, being the most impressive at 18 and four at uh, Mortgage Fieldhouse there in Cleveland. Um, Adam, what do you think um, has been like the biggest change from a year ago for the Cavs? Well, I mean, I think we all know the biggest change is Donovan Mitchell. I mean, really? <laughs> <laughs> I hate no, to be, you know, Captain Obvious over here, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody could have predicted this. You know, we all knew Donovan Mitchell, great player, all star level talent. Um, but to imagine, you know, how well that this team is just flowing together this season for the for the first season of the fact and right. donovan mitchell is just taking over the team like i mean before this it was darius garland it was his team donovan mitchell comes over and darius kind of just hands the torch over to donovan and donovan is just killing it i mean it, i can't i can't name a better trade that the Cavs have ever made i mean i, I like what i see out of them yeah, I mean, they, for for one, they're the top defense in the league. Um, that's super impressive when you got players like Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, um, Donovan Mitchell looks like Donovan Mitchell from the first two years at Utah where he's actually playing defense. So he looks very comfortable playing in Cleveland, uh, especially next to his partner in crime, Jarius Garland, who um, a lot of people thought he would – take a dip in points per game just with Donovan being there, but he's averaging, he has a little bit, but like 21 a game from Darius Garland. Yeah, that's totally fine with me. Plus he's averaging like eight assists. So um, they're looking really good. Second best point differential in the league at 5.2 behind Boston Celtics who have, I think, I believe they have a 5.8 differential. So not that big of a, of a, you know, difference between those two. Um, but like I said, like this team has just been an absolute menace on defense. They're averaging 6.5 steals per game and four blocks a game. So um, when you're doing that on the defensive side of the ball and holding teams to, you know, low point outcomes, it's so easy to just hand the keys over to Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and, you know, some of these other players that can score on this team, like Karis LeVert. Right, right. So all they have to do is just, you know, let those guys take over on the scoring end of the ball. And uh, I can definitely see why this Cleveland Cavaliers team is definitely winning more games this year. And I think that they're probably the second best put together team in terms of how well they flow together when they're on, they're like on fire, you know? Right. Kind of right. like what we saw out of the Warriors last year. Like when when they were healthy, they were just fluid. Like they could they could go through a game and you know put up however many threes with ease. I mean the Cavs aren't much of a, a three point shooting team, but like they they know how to score score the ball and they know how to run the offense. And you got to give it up to coaching too. I mean it's not all on players. 
Right, right. I mean, the one thing, the one negative that I would say about this team is they need to just be more consistent on the road. I mean, 7-10 and 10 record on the road isn't that great compared to their home record at 18-4, and four, like we mentioned before. But, I mean, and then you look at point differential too, 8.1 while they're at home and 1.4 on the road. So um, you can tell this team's still a young team. And we'll talk about this with some of the other teams uh, that we're going to talk about today, but they just got to be more consistent on the road. You know, um, traveling is, especially in playoff scenarios, like you have to win at least one game on the road. So uh, that's going to be big for them going through the second half of the season after All-Star break to kind of see if this team can kind of, you know, be more consistent on the road um, and just, you know, be able to hang with some of these other teams in the East that are also playing like the Nets, Philly, some of these experienced teams that know how to play on the road. That's, that's the main thing I'm looking forward to seeing from the Cavs. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It's, I mean, that's what they're going to have to do in the playoffs. Cause you know, they're going to be in the playoffs and say they go up against a more experienced team in Boston it's going to be pretty hard to win in Boston on the road. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then same in Brooklyn too. Like another team that I want to talk about is Brooklyn Nets. Um, we talked about their 12 game, uh, 12 game straight winning streak, which is the highest winning streak of the year so far. I know it's early on, but uh, 12 games is still pretty impressive. I think Milwaukee had like a seven game win streak to start off the year. I think they went seven and zero to start off the year. So, um, but 12 games is pretty impressive from this Nets team because it was looking rough at the start of the year where I didn't think they could even win four straight games, let alone 12. So uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i just so, like, up in the air against, like, with, with the Nets because they're just so unpredictable as a team. And, I mean, they have a great roster, like, they're starting five. Um, I mean, you you've got Kyrie, you got Durant, you got, I guess you could say Claxton. I mean, Claxton's having a great year, but they do have you know some bigger holes than most teams. I mean, most of the top teams in either the West or the East, you have a solid four for sure. Maybe you have that one you know guy that's just kind of a, a role player that just runs the offense well, but. The Nets, yeah, but they I mean, had, they got they got Ben Simmons to run the four, so I mean, that's not too bad. But oh gosh, uh, <laughs> no, not a big Ben Simmons fan. I don't just I don't think he works. I mean, he's not showing like he's an all star. He's he's showing like he's only like I'll rebound the ball and then I'll I'll give you the ball to shoot kind of guy. Right. It, it's right. <laughs> it's like I don't know. And I just don't think he just fits that offensive scheme because, I mean, half the time the Nets are running isolation with either Kyrie or KD. And that kind of eliminates Ben Simmons' whole game. <laughs> right. I mean, I think he does better when, like, one of them's off the court. And then it's, like, him, like, running the offense with – he can still set pick and rolls and be a roller. I mean, he's really good at that, but – I think he really flourishes when there's one of those players off the floor. So he can kind of do that two man game with, you know, either Katie and him or Kyrie and him. Um, 
But one yeah, of the things, I, no, go ahead. I I think I just think that you, you can't expect much out of the Nets, especially when Ben Simmons is just putting subpar numbers up. So until I see you know Ben Simmons take that next step into like, all right, I want to be the third star here. Like I want to like contribute more than I I have been doing. And until I see that, I just can't expect too much from Brooklyn. I mean, especially if they go up against the Celtics or a decent team in the in the playoffs. Milwaukee or yeah. Milwaukee, like Mil- Milwaukee overpowers the, the Nets by far. I mean, who's who's stopping Kate or Giannis on the Nets? KD's not <laughs> right, and they can even. Even somebody like Brooke Lopez can probably dominate in that series too. Like the Nets at rank Bobby bottom Portis three. Too. Yeah, Bobby Portis. They the Nets rank bottom three in rebounding this year. So I mean, my question for you is like to get better on the boards, they need to get somebody either in free agency. There's not a lot in free agency or make a big time trade. Is there a big time trade that this team can make? Um, I can give you four. Uh, trade options, and then you just let me know which one you like better. Okay. That sound good? Sounds good. All right, so first one is the Nets get Jakopotl in exchange for Patty Mills, Seth Curry, and two second-round picks. Maybe you can convert those two seconds into a first, um, but I think it helps out the Nets, you know, get a big man who can not only get rebounds but also be decent on offense than, you know, catching balls from – uh, KD and Kyrie and Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's that's not that's not bad. Um, I'll I'd give that that trade. I'd give that like a B plus because that okay. that benefits both teams. But the only thing is the likeliness for that to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Oh, I know. That's, <laughs> I mean, but to get somebody like that would be great for this team. Uh, another player that they could get, Miles Turner, who's been on. Seems like he's been on the trade, you know, everybody's trade machines for the past two years. So, um, and the Pacers are looking better. So I don't even know if they want to really trade Miles Turner if they're, you know, above 500 at 21 and 18. So, um, but in this scenario, the Nets get Miles Turner and the Pacers would get Joe Harris in a first round pick. Would you do that if you're the, the Pacers? First, if I were the Pacers, and I'm getting a first round pick and Joe Harris, yeah. You know, I I think I would I would do that if I were the Pacers because you know, maybe you make the playoffs, maybe you make the play in. I mean, you're not you know like the Pacers know that they're not a top yeah. team in the East and they're not going to go far. So would you do it if you're the Nets then? Then I think that that would be perfect situation for Miles Turner to go to. Like if if right. he were to get traded and he went to Boston or to the Nets, that's perfect because you don't need Miles Turner to play a lot of minutes. You can literally play him twenty twenty five minutes and then well, you, you could probably go half and half with Claxton. Exactly. Just do, yeah. And it's perfect because you got you got the shooting and defense from Miles Turner to start the games. And then you have the young Nicholas Claxton to, you know, run those up and down plays, you know, kind of do that grind work. Yeah, I say just like split it, give them both 24 minutes, 
and and run it like that. And if one player has it going on, let him play a little bit more than the other. And but the one issue is, and we talked about rebounding, but the one thing is, Miles Turner hasn't always been the best rebounder in his career. So, but his um, defense, his defense, defense is, is phenomenal. great. Right, right. So I think that would be a good pick. These last two are kind of just role players at that center position that could, you know, help Nicholas Claxton out um, and help them out on the boards a little bit more. But uh, this third one, Nets get Jackson Hayes from the Pelicans for Patty Mills in a second round pick. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> you don't like that pick? Which side, which side do you not like about it? Well, just the Jackson I, Hayes part? If, if I were the Nets, I would not like that. I mean, I'd rather have who is it? Patty Mills and who? Patty Mills and a second round pick. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I'm sure the Pelicans would love that trade because then that's I mean it benefits the pay the the Pelicans more than it does the Nets. I mean, I guess, but like I just I I don't think Jackson Hayes is that solid of a player to go on a veteran team and just contribute right off the bat. Yeah, maybe so, but he's you still a young Miles talent. Turner so. on there, put a Miles Turner on there. He'll figure it out. You just know I'm going to block the shot. <laughs> well, that's that's what, that's why I'm saying like these are the lesser two options out of yeah, the top no, two. Uh, yep, uh, it makes sense. <laughs> because like the Nets don't really have a ton of trade assets that they can give away, let or alone cap space. Yeah. Right. So um, that was the third one. The fourth one is the Nets get rich homie Quan. Rashawn Holmes <laughs> <laughs> from the Kings for Seth Curry and Dayron Sharp. Mm. I mean, you're giving up Seth Curry, which is I don't like it. Giving up some offense, but you're getting somebody like Rashawn Holmes who can rebound the ball, uh, be a good interior force, um, so to speak. But if there is a team that can give up just like one player that shoots threes. It's probably the Nets. They have like an overabundance of people who can shoot three ball. Right. So, I mean, I mean <laughs> it's not the worst idea because then you get a decent backup and Richelme Kong. <laughs> <laughs> but no, out of all those trades, the best one by far for the Nets would be the Miles Turner trade. Turner. I mean, yeah. I think. You put Miles Turner on that team, they're for sure like a lock at number three in the East. Yeah, I, I mean, they could probably have a chance of being that second seed or number one seed as well. But I mean, because then, then if you play if you play the Bucks or the Celtics, you at least have a a solid chance at winning. Right, right. And this is only just to make this Nets team just be that much better. But they already have like a solid team, like Kyrie Irving. You know, Kevin Durant talked about Claxton possibly being like a most improved player this year. Um, you got no, shooters no, you off get, the. You, you give that to Lori Markin. There's no question. Well, about yeah, that. <laughs> I said I said contender though. I didn't say he was gonna be it. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying he's up there with Lori Markin. But I mean, Lori's been on a different level. I mean, he's definitely number one in that in the terms of that. But did you see Lori's last game? Put up 49 points, career high. <laughs> Jeez. There's been a lot of career uh, highs this year. Yeah. I mean, scoring's been at an all-time high, which it is every single year. But, <laughs> yeah. 71 I mean, points from Donovan I Mitchell. Know, I know. I know. That's crazy. We'll talk I about mean, that later, though. 
I mean, we already talked about it a little bit, didn't we? We yeah, talked no, about okay. the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 71 points, that's just, I mean, he had to go out there and break Devin Booker's seventh or third place. <laughs> yeah. I think the last like two weeks, we've had like four players get over 50 points, maybe even more than that. But um, yeah, because we it's had been crazy. Giannis, Giannis got 50. Yeah, Luca did. High. For Luca, we got Donovan Mitchell. Who else? Jokic had a great game. Thompson had a 50 bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thompson, Thompson had like a 50. What do you have? 56? 56. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. But getting back on point a little bit, but like, like I said, like this Nets team just has so many weapons on its team and getting players like TJ Warren to come back healthy, who's been playing really great for them. You got shooters galore on this team with Seth Curry, Joe Harris, who's been a little bit off lately. Um, this team's pretty complete. I mean, the uh, only Patty knock Mills. is Patty Mills. Yeah. I mean, the only knock is the rebounding really. And can this team play, you know, solid defense when it comes to postseason? That's going to be the question. So um, I think the Nets are playing out of their mind right now. And and we'll see if it kind of, you know, lingers on past the all-star break and into playoff time. And hopefully it comes without, you know, any, you know, dysfunction within that locker room going through the season too. Cause I mean, right. I would bet my money that something, something else happens. Oh, for sure. For sure. But just getting into the Western conference now, uh, just a couple teams. Um, but the Western conference for the first time in a long time has kind of looked like the weaker conference with, you know, they have 10 teams all within seven games of the top spot. You got Denver, uh, at the top Memphis at number two, new Orleans, who have been, I'd say, by far the most consistent out of the Western Conference um, so far. Um, but the most surprising team with, uh, and a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a record 16 seasons is the Sacramento Kings. I mean, Sacktown is the fifth seed right now and led by De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis um, and also help from you know other players like Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, Trey Lyles, uh, and a bunch of other players that they have that have really you know, poised this team to kind of make a breakthrough. Um, and it's shown in the record so far for this, for this team. But um, now it's still a little bit early and a lot of basketball still has to be played. But Adam, do you believe in the Kings, this, this squad and snapping this bizarre record? No, I, I, I think they're a fluke. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> hey, I'm just being realistic. See, I'm All sorry, right. Sacramento. I am sorry. No, no. I, I believe mean, in you guys. I believe in you guys, even if Adam does it. <laughs> yeah, give it to him. I mean, twenty and seventeen, not not bad, not great, but I mean, you you still have the Suns, you still have Golden State, and Suns aren't looking that good though lately. No, I mean they've been injury riddled. I mean, right. they played without Chris Paul first like quarter or first like twenty games of the season, something like that. And then Devin Booker's been out for, what, I think a week now, and he'll be out for another three weeks. So that's that's pretty big. Um, Got to trade but, Jay Crowder, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think he, I, I think we should have kept him. but. Um, so you really don't think that this Kings team's going to make the playoffs? Uh, don't, okay, okay. I mean, they're a fifth seed right now, which is impressive, but Here's the thing. like I, I said – 10 teams within seven games. 
So what? I, this year it's one through six for sure make the playoffs, and the seven through ten that's playing, right? Right. So I think they have a higher chance to definitely get a play-in bid, but to straight up make the playoffs, that's asking way too much out of the Kings. I think for sure. I think for sure they'll make the play-in. But right. um, I believe though, if you make the play-in game, it still counts as making the playoffs, doesn't it? It shouldn't, but yeah, it probably, it probably does. <laughs> Just because, yeah, like, out of out of what the fifteen teams in each conference, ten make the playoffs. Like that's that's a little that's a stretch. <laughs> well, it's basically the same in the NFL too. They're gonna. I mean, I don't know if you heard about the NFL, but they. I mean, we all, I don't know if everybody saw, but you've definitely heard by now, but, you know, Hamlin went down with a serious injury, cardiac arrest. Um, we've gotten some good news, though, back from from his um, side, you know, saying he's awake. He's been speaking. I think he did a FaceTime with the Bills organization, which is great to see, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're. I think they decided to cancel that game which and then uh they're gonna possibly put in another playoff team in i don't i don't know it's all it's all weird in the nfl right now but uh good to see that hamlin's doing good and you know what that means the steelers could just slide right in (laughs) they probably will they probably will (laughs) and and then they can lose to the chiefs again (laughs) hey as long as we make the playoffs i'm okay with that i knew we weren't gonna have a good season but I'm I'm proud of how they're ending the season. Yeah, I mean they're not going anywhere though in the playoffs. But getting back on the point though, I mean talking about this King squad, I know you're not uh, completely sold on them make the playoffs, but I think you know things are looking up for Sacramento. I mean, second in points per game in the entire league, they are fast paced team. Um, on average for their wins, they're averaging 124 points. The only downfall, maybe a little bit, their losses, they're averaging uh, just about 110. So a 14-point swing between their wins and losses. But, you know, I think it comes down to consistency with these young teams. You know, uh, the, the main focus has to be bringing it every night because um, you, you can't expect the Kings to put up 124 every single game for games they win. I mean, if they can just manage to put up, you know, 115 117 somewhere in that range uh, and then play a little bit more consistently on the defensive end of the ball which has always been kind of their achilles heel uh in past years but um they, they don't really have a lot of defenders on this team i mean sabonis isn't a defender De'Aaron fox not a defender um some of their best defenders are their players like um akpala and like guys that really don't play a lot of minutes I mean, and that, that's the thing about the Kings. It's like, if they're going to win, they're not going to win by, like, normally just stopping you and with good defense. They're going to win because they just, for some reason, score the fucking ball like crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, I think that one, there was this one game that this earlier this year against the Nets, and they blew them out by, like, 40 for just no reason. It was like, it was a bad day for sports betting. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm not betting against the Kings. That's for one thing, because you never know when they're going to put up 130 points in a game. 
Not exactly. And and another thing about the Kings, they they've played the least amount of games in the West. So, I mean, the standings are a little skewed right now. Um, I would look at them more Fair as point. I would look at them more as like an eighth seed. Because they've hey, they've cool. won the same amount of games as the Suns, the Warriors, and Utah, but the difference is about three, four, five spots. I mean, you can look at it however you want, but in the standings right now, they're a fifth seed. And I mean, whether they've played enough games or not, I don't care. They're, Suns, they're the fifth Golden seed right State, now. and Utah have played two, three games more than the Kings. Yeah, but if you're a Sacramento, like I'm thinking, why why can't we win more games? Why can't we why can't we grow up and and get you know a top four seed without what we're playing? <laughs> That's wow, you are stretching at that. <laughs> I just honestly, I love watching the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they get they're one of the funnest teams to watch on um, NBA League Pass. I mean, it's every single game I watch from them, like it's always great. Game. Like the game against Denver where literally I was, I took notes for that game and the entire first half, I was like, nobody can fucking guard Jokic. Nobody's guarding them. Like, and then they double team them and somebody's wide open for a wide open three. Like they have no answer for Jokic. And by halftime, I think Denver was up by like 12 points at halftime. And there was no inclination that I thought that Sacramento was going to come back in that game. So I just turned off the game and granted, here in the West or, you know, in Minnesota, like the game was, I think it was already like 11 PM uh, at halftime. So I was like, I'm just going to get some rest. I already know who's going to win this game. Wake up the next morning. And I find out Sacramento won on basically a buzzer beater by Malik Monk in yep. the final seconds. And I was like, Holy shit. I mean, I probably missed one of the best games of the year. And that's what Sacramento can do. Like, it doesn't matter if they're down by, you know, 15, 20 points. That's, in Sacramento's eyes, that's like six six points. Like, it's nothing. Because you got players like Darren Fox, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter playing outstanding from, you know, beyond the arc. Uh, Sabonis, who's been great. Uh, Keegan Murray, their rookie, has, you know, has had his ups and downs. But, I mean, this team just scores. Just scores. Speak, speaking of great games this week, um, I think me and you were watching this game. Um, it was the Kings versus Utah on Tuesday. Oh, and man. And it was crazy because I think Sacramento was leading for practically majority of the game. And then Utah comes storming back. You know, Laurie Markinen is just on a tear. I think Laurie, Laurie had 37 that game, and, and Fox had like 35 or something like that. I want to say something crazy like that. They were both going back and forth. No. Yeah. And the craziest thing, um, I, th- I think we were, yeah, we were watching like the last, like, what was it? Point two seconds, something like that. Point point four left on the, po- on the game. Point clock. Four. I think so. De'Aaron Fox made a layup with like point four. I thought there should have been a little bit more time on the shot clock for game clock for, uh, for Utah to maybe get, Get a shot off, but at least point six. Mm, one of the it was one of the craziest games. If you guys didn't watch it, but uh, I think it was Jared Vanderbilt threw like a full court pass to Markinen, who was on like the left, um, top of the left uh, three point uh, arc, 
and just launched up a three, swished it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody in Utah was going crazy. And I, I knew they were going to look at it and it wasn't going to count. It, it reminded me of Christos Porzingis when, when he had that buzzer beater last year for Washington, it didn't count. So it was a heartbreaker for Utah. Um, but all in all, it was, a, it was a great game. And if, if Utah would have just had 0.1 more seconds onto that game clock, I think literally uh, Utah would have won that. I know. I mean, it was like so close to becoming just, you know, like a good three point basket. Yeah, but I mean, those are just two of the games off the top of my head where, like, you can just see the potential out of the Sacramento Kings squad. Like, they're I mean, going to bring it every little, night and give you a fun game. A little bit of it is some luck there and there. I, I mean, well, you can say are, that for any team. Like, every team has luck in, in some of these games. Oh, no, I think there's been some really close games with the Kings. Like, I think, I think. Two, I think two games went into OT, and then like a lot of their games are. I mean, it's within like a point or two when they win. Right, right. I mean, it, but it shows growth from this young squad because last year I don't, they weren't winning any of these games. So now that they're actually winning some of these games, is, I think it's a huge step. Yeah, I, we want to see that from from the damn Timberwolves. I want to see them step <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll find out tonight. We went to, uh, the Portland game on Wednesday, but we're going to, uh, the Clippers game tonight too. So I think we got to leave here soon for that actually. But, uh, oh, we got time. We got, we got a little, we time. got time. We got time for you guys. <laughs> we got time, but that should be a fun game tonight though against Clippers, but no Kawhi Leonard. So maybe we get a win there, but, um, Kings are definitely looking good. Another team I just wanted to mention real quick is, you know, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, what are they? Number three right now? Maybe no, they're number two. Number, number two, two in the Western Conference, behind Denver. They're, you know, top twelve in the league in these categories: points per game. They're eighth. Rebounds per game, second. Assists po- per game, twelfth. And opposing points per game, eighth. I mean, being top twelve in all four of those st- statistical categories uh, usually leads to great things. I mean, we've se- seen it. A lot on their home court. Uh, they're fifteen and three. Uh, not so much on the road, though. They're ten and ten on the road. But just in the cal- calendar month of December uh, was probably their best month, um, going ten and four as a record. Uh, and it seems to be heating up as at the beginning of, the, of this year in twenty twenty three as they're uh, three and zero to start the calendar year. So, um, you know, this team is missing maybe one or two more sharpshooters. I'd say. Um, you know, Desmond Bain can't continue to keep shooting all their threes. Uh, Dylan Brooks isn't really a three point shooter. Jaws, Jaws, Jaw, he can do whatever he wants. Um, Jaron Jackson has been great to have back. We talked about him in, in our fantasy basketball section, but, um, you know, this is still a young team. Like the other teams we mentioned, Adam, is there, you know, is, are the Grizzlies like a contender? Would you say, you know, I, I, they're a great. They're a great team. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, they're still a top two team, just like last year. They're what? They were second seed, right? Second seed last year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, they're consistent. They, it's a great group of basketball players on that team, and they know how to play with each other. And especially when they're healthy, they're they're definitely a hard team to beat because 
they have that perfect mix of defense, um, drive the ball, and then you know, they're not the like the best three point team, but they can definitely shoot it. And that I mean, right. that's never that's never been the uh, the Grizzlies' mo is to shoot the three ball. I mean, you look at back in the Mike Conley days. I mean, no, they're gr- they're grit and grind. Exactly, they're the Grizzlies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I think for sure they're going to be a top three team in the West, um, especially getting Desmond Bain back. That is only going to help them win more games down the road. So. I see them still as like probably a second to three seed in the West, but I yeah. think the team on the rise uh, would be the the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, you compare them to last mm-hmm. season; they're they're a playoff team if you want to count the <laughs> the playing <laughs> games. <laughs> right? No, Portland's got a great squad too. I mean. And I like adding Jeremy Grant. Love that has been a huge piece for them. Um, Yep. And then you know the main thing is keeping Damian Lillard healthy because I mean Damian Lillard. I think you could put him in a top ten candidacy for MVP too if this team continues to trend in the right direction. I think he's a. I love what I see out of Dame Lillard. Um, And then Anthony Simons is continuing to do what he's done the last couple years and and be explosive from beyond the arc. Uh, he's a great driver, just a great offensive weapon for them. Uh, and then you got players like Josh Hart, who's good at defense, a good scrappy player, somebody who would, you know, fit in well with like a Memphis team, you know, that yep. grit and grind. Um, and then Nurkic, I mean, Nurkic, you get the same thing out of him every year. Uh, he's a good, you know, solid 12 to 15 points, 12 to 15 rebounds for you. Um, I think this team is pretty well. It just maybe needs a little bit more depth. Uh, to go and fill out their roster on the back end. But uh, I like what they did in the draft as well. You know, bringing in Shaden Sharp, great player. What are your thoughts on Shaden Sharp to start off the year? I I like what, I mean, he kind of started off pretty slow to start the season, but um, he's fitting very well into his role on the team Um, because you can't expect – Shane Sharp to be putting up so many shots because you still have Damian Lillard, you still have Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, Nurkic. So he's not a top priority on their scoring list. So he's definitely making the most out of his situation and his role for sure. So I I definitely like what I'm seeing out of Shane Sharp this year. And if he continues to perform and do better, I, I can see – Portland maybe getting a better playoff spot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, these five teams have looked really well um, throughout, you know, the last, I shouldn't say the last like 10 games, but like throughout the season, they've looked really solid with, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Brooklyn Nets, Sacramento Kings, Memphis Grizzlies. And we just mentioned Portland as well. All five of those teams are playing pretty well, uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, I want to move on to the all-star game though. Uh, we all know the All-Star Game marks the halfway mark of the NBA season. This year, the NBA All-Star Game is in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, today, Adam and I are going to go through uh, our top 10 All-Star selections, five for both conference. Uh, you all can make your NBA All-Star selections on the Fan Vote page on the NBA app, or you can go to NBA.com. Um, 
So let's start off with uh, Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Uh, West, uh, I'll go through my lineup a little or right now, but uh, Western guards, I got Luka Doncic and Stephen Curry. Uh, my forwards, I got LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. Who you got, Em? Okay, you you put Luka in there, right? Yeah, as, as one of my guards. Because like when you God. go through it, he's not a forward, he's a guard. Which okay, makes yeah. sense, because he handles the ball the majority of the time. Yeah, so, I mean, it's almost a for sure lock for Steph and Luka. I think, right. but I think for sure it's it's hard to pass on Jaw because I think Jaw is having a really good year this year. But the fan vote and everything else with Steph Curry, I think you can't not make Steph an All Star starter. Cause yeah, it's he, tough to put Jaw over him. Exactly. I mean, maybe next year. Maybe next year, I could see that <laughs> if, if Jaw makes another step. Uh, but we'll we'll I don't know. And then who would you, you put? LeBron? Yeah, LeBron. And who as your forwards? LeBron and Zion Williamson. And then Nikola Jokic. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll do Yeah, the obvious one at five for sure, Jokic. And I'd right. be I'd be okay with putting Ooh, this is tough actually. In the West, mm, would I'd, you put AD in there or I, no? See, if AD was healthier, I would definitely put him in there. But I don't think he's eligible. I don't know if he's played enough games. Well, it doesn't matter. This is just fan vote. You can vote for any player, even if they're injured. I mean, you could put Lonzo Ball in the Eastern Conference guards if you really want to, even though he hasn't <laughs> played this year. <laughs> All right, if that's if that's the case, then for sure I'm putting Anthony Davis in there at the four. And then at the three, I know you want me to say it, but I'm not. LeBron James, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm going to well, put in front? In I'm going to put Anthony freaking Edwards. <laughs> oh, Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is he a forward in there or is he a guard? I thought he was a four. He's a two slash three, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess he's a three. So yeah, they might have him as slotted as a forward. So I feel like, uh, yeah. I, I, so that if, okay. If that is, yeah, no, I'm definitely putting Ann in there. Okay, solid. Uh, Eastern Conference picks. I picked. Um, this was tough. This is really tough because I put I feel Trey like this Young. Is the easier one. It's really, it's really not though because like so I put Trey Young. Donovan Mitchell, I got Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid. Like I wish, I wish I could have put Kevin Durant in place of Trey Young, but you have to pick two guards and three forwards. So, and then you know I have to either take out Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant, and I'm I just feel like Jason Tatum and his teams played better um, this year, and I gotta take into effect you know what. Celtics did last year as well. And Tatum's having one of his best seasons statistically too. Um, And I'm not going to take, I'm not going to put Kevin Durant in for Giannis or Joel Embiid either. So um, it's tough not voting for Kevin Durant because he's definitely an MVP candidate. Um, It's just, 
like I said, the way that they do the fan voting where you have to do two guards, three forwards is kind of ridiculous. I wish I could just put in Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Joel Embiid, the five best players. Yeah. Yeah. What are your What are your five? I mean that you you said it. There's those five. Yeah. I mean it's Giannis, and then you you got well. No, I'm dropping. I'm dropping Tatum, and I'm putting Kevin Durant in the start starting five. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at yeah. that at all. Like I, I can see why anybody else would do that. Yeah. I. I mean, I kind you kind of. It's hard. It's really hard. It's tough. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know who's going to miss the cut. I really don't. Yeah. But um, those are our 10 selections for our first va- fan vote. Uh, make sure to vote for your all-stars this year. Like vote I Ant. said on the NBA. Vote Ant. Vote Ant. <laughs> um, and the NBA is doing – they're doing a, a special triple vote on uh, special days. I think they did it on Christmas already. They did it on uh, New Year's. Um, they're also doing it on, uh, they're doing it today actually. So if you listen to this podcast, make sure you vote three times today. For um, Ant. they're doing it. Yeah. For Ant. <laughs> uh, votes, uh, you can do it on next Friday as well. You can do it on January 16th and the 20th, but, uh, those are the only dates you can vote three times. But other than that, you can vote once a day, uh, for your favorite all-stars. Um, as always like, and follow the podcast. If you enjoy the content. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at Shots Aside and send us some comments to our Gmail account on if you agree or disagree with our first all-star pick fan votes um, and uh, who you think should be in. Uh, who knows? We might uh, feature you on the next episode. Uh, we'll have another episode coming out soon for you guys, maybe tomorrow or Sunday, so stay tuned. But until next time, guys, peace. Peace.